if I had said that instead of you, hmm. if I had said, but I've seen way more Voyager than you, I think that the 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 kids might respond weird flex, but okay. <laughs> they might. Uh, they might. Of course, we can always edit it so that it sounds like you're saying it. I could just cut out you saying Chewbacca's security chief immediately and put it right after you being like, who's the security chief? Oh, nice. Tuvok's yeah. a security chief. There it's Tuvok. Never nice. mind. I remembered. <laughs> there you go. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's been a long road, long Hello and welcome to the Orville Will Be Cancelled, the podcast that asks you to say Airsats Star Trek five times fast. Your hosts are Jocelyn and Greg, and you can contact us at our Twitter account, The Orville Is Bad. You can subscribe to this podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, or iTunes, where you can rate and review the podcast. Today's episode is about the Orville Season 2, Episodes 3, Home, and 4, Nothing Left on Earth Excepting Fishes. It was recorded on February 18th, 2019. I'm very impressed by the fact that you recorded notes. I know. Isn't that new? I was like, because I delayed this recording for like three weeks and probably killed our podcast, I was like, maybe it's time to start taking notes. So I took notes for everything. So I recorded, I, I, I took down notes for uh, episode three when I first watched it, which was like when it aired. Um, and then in the intervening time, I think like my kid somehow grabbed the paper and like threw it someplace. It's completely lost now. So I had to go back and rewatch the episode, which I'm going to tell you right now, I did not like doing one bit. I'm so sorry to hear that, Greg. It's fine. It's just, uh, it turns out I really dislike this show. <laughs> but we, we signed a verbal contract and by God, we're going to follow through with it. Yeah, we sure did. Um, do you want to break down which uh, episode? We've got two episodes to get through. I guess, are we doing two episodes of the Orville? And then did you want to do the, the four Discovery shorts? Yes, I watched. I took notes on the shorts, too. Oh, my I gosh. I was really on it. Oh. I know. I did I not know. take notes on those. I was just watching them drunk. Well, uh, that's fine. Um, we Why don't we do the Orville first and then uh, the episodes afterward? Do you have a preference between three and four? To explain, uh, um, I don't actually. So you can you can pick which one you want to do because I picked last time and I feel like I really left you with I left you with the porno episode last time. I'll take episode three. Okay. So in episode three, uh, we open with uh, the Friday night tradition of Isaac and Alara arm mm. wrestling, um, and it turns out that Isaac breaks Alara's arm, so she has to go to sick bay. And it turns out that her muscle mass and bone density are deteriorating. So um, that means that she's becoming accustomed to other kinds of gravity. Um, and she has to go back to her home world, uh, Zalea, yeah. maybe, um, in order to uh, uh, regain um, her strength. Uh, and she's sort of in a crisis because... Uh, she feels like she's only the chief security officer because she's strong girl, um, and she doesn't want to get uh beaten up by a high school girl. And my note here is no more pickle jar jokes in all caps. <laughs> yeah, which was hopeful because it ended with a pickle jar joke. Anyway, so she goes back to Zalea. Her father is Robert Picardo, which makes me depressed. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> was the the doctor hologram from Voyager. Uh, anyway. 
it turns out that they're all having family problems and shit and um they decide to go to the beach to fix it uh while she's on her home world alara cannot walk under the gravity so she has to be in kind of like a future wheelchair which her rich family has yeah um the way that i put this in my notes was pushing around in her damn chair like this kid from the secret garden it rolls like fuck yeah also lamau what is this fantasy scene with her riding a huge goat on the beach question mark question mark question mark uh so (laughs) that comes from a scene where she's sitting on the beach in her chair watching the sunset and starts fantasizing about riding a giant goat around yeah anyway um meanwhile in the orville she gets replaced by patrick warburton as um the cast is slowly replaced by family guy regulars uh then their neighbors come over who just moved in and then the episode suddenly becomes funny games uh and he tortures her dad it turns out that her dad uh drove their son to suicide um and then robert picardo who was previously very scornful of alara's career because she was strong instead of smart um becomes very impressed when he realizes how hard it is to beat someone up when they're playing funny games with you so alara saves the day um she finds the strength to get out of the damn chair and save everyone her father finally respects her and what she does um and then she ultimately decides to leave the orville stay on her home world with her family and there is a final jar of pickles joke yeah Uh, that was a great (laughs) summary thank you very much thank you thank you for Uh, letting me summarize that one instead of the next one (laughs) so uh episode four uh just as delightful uh is called nothing left on earth excepting fishes which is a line from The King and I, which uh, mm-hmm. Seth watches with his girlfriend in the show. The A plot is that he's got a girlfriend, and it's Lieutenant Tyler, the new dark matter cartographer. Um, as <laughs> we, Tyler. oh yes, oh yes, 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 oh yes, we're gonna okay, we're gonna get into this anyway. Uh, so okay. the new dark matter cartographer is now Seth's Janelle. girlfriend, Janelle. Uh, and they are dating and it's lovely and kelly's fine with it and everything's going great and then michaela mcmanus who plays janelle is like we should go on a trip together they go on a trip and what is revealed is that in fact she is a krill uh that it is not simply the same actress that was cast as both a krill in season one and the dark matter cartographer in season two but it is uh, we are meant to understand that like the krill was disguised as a human Seth and the Krill go onto a planet where they have a real enemy mine kind of storyline where they learn to work together on the planet. Uh, and then Because their ship gets attacked by orcs is my yeah, note here. Yeah, yeah. They get attacked by orc moblin things from Legend of Zelda. <laughs> um, and then they... Oh, nice video game reference. Yeah. Hey, hey, I'm a game. Hey, you know what happened wow. today? My kid what? picked up a game controller. So I think she might be part gamer. Oh my god. So if I have to ask you for advice on how to raise a gamer, I hope you'll uh you'll have to. All right, good let's get to the it. end of this episode. Okay, let's go. We didn't get to my favorite part yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh so then they get off the ship they get off the planet rather. Uh they get back onto the ship. Seth releases the krill back to her people as like a show of good faith, or maybe just he's like crushing on her still. Yeah, he um, still wants a banger. Yeah. And then the whole B plot is that Malloy is taking the officer command test because he wants to pick up chicks and then kelly gets mad about it and then he decides maybe he doesn't want to do that after all he's good with just being a pilot 
So that's pretty much the whole summary. And now we can get into the details. You didn't say my favorite part. What is your favorite part? Uh, here, I'll read mine. It's so good having notes because my notes are very illustrative. Mm. Uh, Ed escorts Talia out, gives her back to the krill, and gives her the best of Billy Jewel and asks her out again. The fuck? Then a Billy Jewel song plays. Like the whole thing. The entire fucking thing. <laughs> yes. For no reason. Yes. I hate this television show. <laughs> yes. And the song that plays is She's Just Like a Woman to Me. Because yes. it makes so much sense because she's a krill, but to Edge, she is just like a woman. Because other species are not real women. That's right. Um, so I, I guess, do we want to go back to uh, episode three before we dive into the fertile ground that is episode four? Yeah, sure. So uh, did he and Alara break up? Like, what's up? Yes, yes. Can we get into this? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Oh, my Lord. So apparently... They broke up IRL, oh uh, which God. is why she is leaving. We don't know if that's why she's leaving the show, but one can suspect that there is a through line from the fact that they broke up IRL to the fact that Alara is now mysteriously leaving the show. And apparently, and we have not, I have not watched any more besides episode four, episodes one through four of season two, but apparently in future episodes, uh, the Alara character is replaced by another lady, Zelayan, who, like, kind of looks similar to Alara. Oh, boy. So it seems like maybe they broke up and Seth was just like, fuck it, you're off the show. And then, like, the writers are just like, well, let's just plug in another human. And they, what I assume happened is they just, like, control f the word Alara and replaced it with, like, whatever the new, like, Jenny or whatever the new character's name is. <laughs> Jenny. <laughs> Oh, so, foreshadowing as well. I was mm. I was skimming the subreddit because I did research this time too. Mm. This is how guilty I was. I grew up Catholic. Um, <laughs> so apparently, season two, episode seven has some more explorations of gender. <gasps> so oh my gosh! If you need a reason to listen to the show, a few episodes in the future, it's gonna get good again. It's gonna get more gendery. Oh, God, maybe we'll finally have the uh, culmination of the, or the fulfillment of your uh, prediction that there will be a pronoun planet. Oh, my God, I would love it. Yeah. I can't wait to find out. I can't wait to watch more Orville. Yeah. Um. So here's the thing. Yeah. Here's one thing. Sure. Uh. So this is like exactly the plot of the DS9 episode with the angry chick who Bashir quits his job to date. <gasps> right. Like, literally. Yeah. Um. And my question is, why can't they do what Bashir did and create a fake high gravity environment for her to just stretch in well that was the the end of the show right before she decided to stay on the planet yeah they have the doctor say like we've discovered we can just create a high gravity environment which like i don't understand why they couldn't just do that at the beginning yeah. and not have the this is the thing that bothers me the most about this show mm. is that it, it concocts the stupidest fucking plots in the world yeah. for like the worst premises yeah yeah like the plot holes are in the entire premises and so all of the conclusions are stupid to me yeah <laughs> yes, it's, a, it's a logic failure yeah there's there's a lot of like weird logic failures that like i feel like i am willing to overlook a lot in a show that i am enjoying but that's that's not the orville baby i had a moment where i laughed at this episode oh which one okay i it, and i i'm ashamed to admit it because it was a malloy moment ah okay uh the the moment i laughed is that um 
they they're pulling down the ship onto the planet and they're going over it and because the orville got a bunch of money for special effects this season it's actually Mm. like a really beautiful skyline and there are all these sprawling like manors with gardens and stuff and malloy looks over this and says you know it's places like this that make me realize god i'm trash yeah and that got a laugh out of me all right that got a laugh out of me i said same to my computer nice uh we'll pass this along to mcfarland like i said like i said to the haters on twitter like they should listen to the episode to find out that sometimes we pick out one thing that we like in the episode and name it it's true Do you like anything in this episode greg i did not (laughs) (laughs) wait did i hold on i'm looking through my notes to see i mean there's a lot that i was like clapping or laughing at but it was more like it was, it was like kind of just child, like yeah like a little gremlin oh yes yeah yeah it was very gargoyle-esque i was yeah, hunched over and cackling um mostly i'm not laughing that in my notes i called seth mcfarland captain jack idiot nice uh at some point <laughs> um my favorite part that i thought like was the most bizarre on like every possible level so you mentioned like she rides a goat on the beach yes so that's like her fantasy of like, oh gosh, what if I wasn't like confined to this chair? I was yes. riding a wild evec. Apparently, they are called. Is the like goat thing How with a big bird that? beak? That's did what? they say that? Yes, I forgot that. Okay. Yeah, they say it's a wild evac, and then they walk up and pet it, which of course is the thing that you do with wild animals. <laughs> Obviously. Yeah, uh, but her fantasy where she's riding on the evac, she's a human in her fantasy. I didn't even notice that. And I don't know, I have no clue whether that was intentional, where they were like, whether like someone on the show was like, she's fantasizing about being a human instead of a Zelayan, or if it's just like they were too lazy to put on makeup for this one scene, but she's not wearing the Zelayan makeup. It's just like her and soft focus in like regular human face. Whoa. I really have even pick up on that. I have like no idea whether it was intentional or not, or if they were just like, eh, no one's really gonna notice. Which, like, obviously, oh. you did not notice, and I didn't notice the very first time until I was like looking back the second time and was until like, you were forced to revisit it. Indeed, yes. The other thing that I really enjoyed about this episode was like Seth's apparent like he does not seem to know what a security officer like what the point of having them is. Like, he seems to just think it's, like, someone who is the strongest person on the ship. Yes. Uh, So it's not like, I mean, a security officer is basically, like, a cop. They're, you know, doing detective work, and they're keeping the peace, and they're making sure that, like, people don't get out of line. But for Seth, I I think it's, like, illustrative of Seth only knowing Next Generation and then just assuming, like, building his universe around that, because Worf is the security officer, and also the strongest guy on the ship. Yeah. Uh, but originally, it was Yar, who is just, like, a regular person. And oh, then, like, true. in DS9, it's, like, Eddington, who's, like, a fucking Canadian. So, like, he's probably not the strongest guy in the station. So I think, like, this <laughs> is just, like, anyone who's super strong, that's, like, the security person. Like, it's basically a bouncer, I think, to him. So the fact that she can no longer bicep curl four plates... Uh, is what disqualifies her from being security chief. So the alien who... I I have a gripe. Yeah. So the alien who replaces her, Patrick Warburton, um, also known as Brock Sampson and some guy from Family Guy. I don't mm. know. I don't watch Family Guy. Uh, 
he is an alien hmm. whose esophagus is outside of his body. Yes. Which means he is the loudest and most disgusting eater ever. Right. And this is his primary character trait on the Orville. Yeah. And I have severe misophonia around eating sounds. <laughs> wow. And so this show has now become even more intolerable for me. My gosh, I had no idea. I think he's persecuting me. I think Seth is persecuting me. <laughs> he found a way inside our heads. He heard the podcast and he's persecuting me. Oh my gosh. Personally. Yeah, the other funny thing about the Thoral, I think is his name, the yeah, Patrick Corbin, uh, they make a big deal about how like Alara can't be the security chief because she's no longer strong. Like she's going to just like, like her only skill as security chief is like getting into a fist fight with someone. This and, dude, you grab the esophagus, right, he's dead. Right, it's, it's as soon as I, as fuck. Yeah. It's like, wouldn't someone just, like, yank it? I would yank it. It's like whenever I played soccer, we weren't allowed to have belly button rings because someone will fucking grab it accidentally, uh, if nothing else, and end up snagging and yanking it out. This is like that, but, like, 500 times as big. I had I no idea. so. I had no idea that was a, a thing in soccer. Well, now you know. Now I know. I've you learned a little something external, about soccer. like, piercings that can catch on anything. Huh. Golly. Yeah. And nor can you have an esophagus that is external to your body. I guess not. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned that uh, the hologram, the EMH, was Alara's father. Uh, I hadn't realized this myself, uh, but I saw someone online point this out. It's uh, Molly Hagen. It's the first Vorta. Yeah. That's what you're going to say. Yeah. I'm so is. fucking smart. I did notice it myself. Really? Yeah. I'm a true Star Trek fan. <laughs> you are. <laughs> and then, of yeah. course, uh, Flocks. That was weird. From Enterprise is the uh, the funny games player. Oh, I didn't get that one actually. Yeah, I got that one. I saw. I've seen enough Enterprise. I mean, he's also very distinctive. He's got this like weird little grin that he mm. does for apparently every character that he plays. That was such a weird part of this episode. Yeah, the weirdest part was that um, the thing that funny games player was mad about was that his son committed suicide because. He was an anti-vaxxer. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was a very ripped from the headlines kind of a plot point. Oh, my God. I didn't even process that till now. I feel like it's very much part <sighs> of the, the Seth MacFarlane as like kind of like the, the new atheist crowd where he's like, you know, he I sucks. fucking blew past that shit. Oh, yeah. <sighs> so, yeah, the anti-vaxxer was like the, the primary bad guy off screen in this episode. Next episode? Number two? Well, Anything else? The other thing from episode three that I <laughs> was blown away by was, yes. so the episode ends with Alara leaving the show uh, because she and Seth are no longer dating. And, oh, <laughs> shit, shit, shit. Hold on. By the way, I'm going to find on the internet, I am going <laughs> to show you what I discovered, which was a delight to me, uh, which was the announcement that I found of Halston and Seth being broken up. Uh, oh, wait, has... it's official. Oh, yes, it's official. There oh, is a picture on, if you go to this website, you can see the Instagram photo that she posted of oh, her God. getting canoodling with some young man who is apparently <gasps> some kind of uh, musician. Oh, my God. Yeah. I will describe for the viewers because this is a, an audio format. Uh, that we're doing and not a video. Uh, the photo we can that... post it on our Twitter too. Oh, that's right, we can. The photo that we posted uh, that Halston posted on Instagram is with Charlie Puth, who is a musician who I don't know. 
Uh, but it's like her kind of like baring her teeth in a coquettish smile against his cheek while he has like this gigantic shit-eating grin that if I was Seth MacFarlane, I would be very, very mad about. Wow. Uh, so I am very much hoping that there is a future plot point in an episode. He's also, are there ages in here? I think he's like yeah, closer to he's her, her actually. Age yeah. Instead of being 20 years older than her. Yup. <laughs> Uh, so I'm hoping that there's going to be a future plot point where, like, uh, Commander Kelly dates a musician or something, and Seth gets real mad about it. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I need the Google alerts that you have, I think. <laughs> I'm just I'm doing this all manually. Oh. Just go through every single person. Uh, the other thing that I discovered, goss-wise, is that uh, apparently Scott Grimes and Commander Kelly uh, are actually engaged now in real life. <gasps> uh, he, Scott Grimes... Was apparently he's been married twice before. Uh, the most recent one was to makeup artist Megan Moore, which lasted from 2011 to 2017, which means I believe his marriage with her ended right around when the Orville was starting up. Oh boy. Which is probably means that he and Adrian Polisky. Uh, probably started dating when they started the Orville together. Oh, shit. Yeah. I guess he's a better actor than I thought. Yeah. Well, and he's got his, his musical career, so she's probably blown away by Sunset Boulevard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I would be. Yeah. I was. Yeah, aren't we all? <laughs> uh, so that, those are my cool goss facts. Um, anyway, sorry, to go back to Alara is leaving the show. Bye, Alara. See you. Um, you were very close to write about the character death, I want to say. Because you oh, predicted yeah? Are we going to check be... that one off? Well, I don't know. Should we? I mean, a character didn't die, but there is definitely yeah. a character leaving in the same way that Yara sort of does. Spiritual death. Yeah. The entire, like, we'll last... We'll see if someone really dies. We'll <laughs> give it a chance. Yeah, we'll, we'll keep it going. The entire, like, last five minutes of the episode are entirely without dialogue, which I found incredibly funny in that, like, it's her big, like, goodbye scene. Um, no one says anything. She just, for, like, a solid, like, silent four minutes while swelling orchestra music plays, uh, walks around and hugs all of the other cast members. And then... Things in this show happen for too long. Oh, yeah. Like, the porn happened for too long. That happened for too long. The Billy motherfucking Jewel happened for too long. <laughs> I hate Billy Jewel. Um, I had no idea you hated Billy like, Joel. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll talk more about Billy Joel when we get there. Sure. But and why I hate him. But um, it's just it's just like whoever is in charge of deciding how long things last. I don't know how TV shows work. Maybe it's Seth. I don't know. Uh, whoever decides how long things should last, they make them last too long. Make things last less long. Also, forty-five minute episodes cut that shit down too, because it wastes my time. You know what? First of all, you know what development has happened in season two. What? Apparently, the Orville is like part of some pilot program that Fox has started where they cut down on commercial time and give more content time to the shows. So the Orville is one of the very few hour-long shows that has been given extra time to work with. <laughs> Which is extraordinary because there are so many long, long moments that could be cut Maybe to like half time. Maybe that's why they're so long, because they have yeah. to fill all the time. So yeah, it's just like five minutes of like silent uh, Austin Sage hugging people and then handing a jar of pickles to Ed because that's her catchphrase. Um, 
And it's extraordinary to me that, like, the writers, having been faced with, like, okay, we have to say a moving goodbye to this character that no one really knows all that much about or, like, cares a huge amount about. Um, So how do we write that? Well, we don't write it. We just (laughs) silently have her walk around and hug everyone. Do it live. Yeah. That's kind of like a moving dialogue. All right. Season episode four. Episode four. Nothing left on earth excepting fishes. Yeah. We get a real, we get an actual shot of the the king and I as well. We do. A little song. Yeah. We get to pretend we're there watching it on their date with them. Which honestly is more culture than I expect from him. I would expect to see like Wally or something, you know? That's true. Like. I wouldn't expect the king and I. Well, he does love his musicals. He oh, that's a good point. Yeah, he loves to sing along. He apparently also, according to the script of this show, uh, showed her on a previous date, Taxi Driver. That's true. Which feels like a bad choice for a date to me. Yeah. Uh, also, apparently, she says, "Oh, they watched Raiders of the Lost Ark." Also, which we had made. A reference to there was a reference to Raiders of the Lost Ark in like episode two, and you were mm-hmm. like, "Well, at least they only made a reference to it, and they weren't like just like in Raiders of the Lost Ark." Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark now made explicit as a reference in episode four. <sighs> okay. <laughs> so the other thing, as far as a uh, a thing that Jocelyn mentions offhand, that is then <laughs> fulfilled. is when we were talking about like oh do you think that she's actually going to play a krill and it's going to be like the whole Vok thing in Discovery and you were like no that would be just like a straight off rip off if like (laughs) if they were to do that they wouldn't even they wouldn't go that far I actually don't remember saying that to reference my notes once more quote there's a lady krill who apparently Ed has met before which I don't really remember at all because I hate the show (laughs) right uh well you did you did say like i don't think that they would do that because it would be too close to discovery and Vogue. and in fact not only is it so close to discovery and Vogue, but the character's name is lieutenant tyler that's a whole lot of stuff that's a whole happening. lot of stuff that is a whole lot yeah so it's janelle tyler instead of ash tyler but uh mm. same basic plotline did you have any laugh out loud moments at this episode no, I was miserable during this episode. I actually watched this episode on 1.5x speed oh, wow. so that it would be over faster. Wow, well done. I was done. very bored by this episode. Yeah. I liked the orcs. Yeah. Uh, the alone on a planet together thing was already done by both Kira and Ducat and Quark and Odo, right. which I found immensely frustrating. Um, the other thing I didn't like was that Bordas is the only funny part of the show, and he said, like, five words for both of these episodes, Hmm. which was very upsetting to me. Yeah, and then the Billy Joel, which really just fucking cut the whole- it really pulled the whole thing together for me. Can you tell me- just, (laughs) twisting the knife. Can you give me some backstory about why you hate Billy Joel? (sighs) So, um- I play the piano. Sure. I've been playing the piano since I was like six. I had no idea, by the way. Well, uh, I started playing the piano when I was six. Oh. I thought about going to school to like to go to college to study piano more oh. and become really serious about it. But I ended up um, going another direction, sure. obviously. Uh, but yeah, so piano is a really big part of my life. And I don't remember when. I think in college, 
I started having this recurring nightmare, and I often have recurring dreams and nightmares, which isn't unusual. But in this recurring nightmare, I co-own a piano bar with Billy Joel. Wow! So, I co-own the piano bar with Billy Joel, which is not in and of itself a bad thing. But one day, Billy Joel calls me, and he's like, hey, I have a private party that I'm supposed to put on at the bar tonight, and I'm not going to make it. I'm super sick. Can you cover for me? And I'm like, yeah, sure. So there's, like, a party room in the back that's, like, really fancy. Everything's, like, you know, like, really nice chairs, like, fancy carpeting, super nice wallpaper. And all of these, like, super rich people are lined up in these fancy chairs. Um, And I'm playing and singing a song while they're, like, talking or whatever. Hmm. Um, So I'm playing and I'm playing and having a good one. And uh, suddenly someone in the crowd says, hey, play piano, man. And then someone else is like, yeah, play piano, man, lady. And I realized, to my horror, that I do not know how to play piano, man. And I definitely don't know the words to piano, man. Sure. So I just kind of ignore it and laugh and keep going. But then they start screaming, play piano, man, play piano, man. And they get really, really angry. And then they get up out of the chairs and they start throwing the chairs. And they're screaming at me to play piano, man. And eventually um, I crawl under the piano because they're all just like attacking each other like they're monsters because all they want is for me to play piano man and i can't play piano man and then they're like ripping the wallpaper down and just like ah and then i wake up wow yeah so you don't know just to be clear you don't know how to play piano man in real life i do not know how to play piano man have you ever considered trying to learn it so that you'll be armed in your dream well, I stopped having that dream. Oh, good. So I feel okay about it, but I think if I did again, I would probably learn Piano Man. Gotcha. It's really not a very hard song. I have to say, between this and the misophonia, Seth is like, he's got like a real inside these, line. These fucking episodes really did a number <laughs> on me, like more than usual. <laughs> I'm- God, now I'm so curious as to whether, like, some terrible fear of mine is going to be in a future episode. What if, like, Seth and I are spiritually linked on some weird fucking plane and we're destined to destroy each other? Maybe. I hope so. God, all I had was, like, the possibility that I was, like, genetically predetermined to fight his writer because of our family lines. Maybe he has a horcrux in me. Maybe. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe that's why his skin is so shiny. Yeah. Because he put horcruxes around the world. <laughs> and each of them stole a part of his soul. Yeah. Which is why he can only write Family Guy over and over until he dies. So maybe the horcruxes are wrinkles that he had like pulled out of his face. So if you yeah. see that there's like a new wrinkle in your face, perhaps it is Seth. <laughs> oh, hey, there's two things in this episode and the last one yeah. that briefly clarify... Um, in contradictory ways, what exactly the Planetary Union is. Uh, I didn't notice, so I would love to hear them. Well, beginning of this episode, Malloy complains and says, we're supposed to be out here exploring. Um, so, okay, they're an exploration vessel. Uh, Got it. And then in the previous episode, they talk a number of times about how Alara's family is against the Union because it's the military. Um, so it's still kind of a little unclear what exactly the planetary union is whether it's more like the navy or whether it's mm-hmm. more like the federation 
Um, but yeah. Backstory mm. in my Orville? No. <laughs> we would never no. have that. What? Oh my god. No, thank you. Have you ever seen uh, any Dimitri Martin stand up? Not for a long time. I have seen almost none. And I Does only... he play Piano Man? I don't know if he does. I bet he could. I, perhaps? I only remember really one joke of any stand-up of his that I've ever seen, which is probably just... I think I've only seen, in fact, one joke. Uh, but it's him talking about how uh, leather jackets are cool, but leather vests are not cool. So the secret mm. ingredient must be leather sleeves. Um, and he's got like a little prop box and he pulls out like a leather sleeve set and wears them and it's very funny um i noticed in this episode that seth is wearing a jacket that is mostly cloth but has leather sleeves um and so i'm wondering if he's like yeah that is cool <laughs> do you have to have that custom made probably probably um, oh my god. It's another one of those like space casual outfits. There's like a, a few like Kelly's wearing like a space casual outfit in her quarters as well and it's like very much of like the Star Trek um vibe of like people customers trying like vaguely like having some kind of inkling about like what will be cool in the future and then trying to design something that's very different from what we wear nowadays. Leather sleeves, baby. Leather sleeves. Oh, I noted here, mm. Seth is a nightmare to go on a trip with. Yeah. Because uh, they get on, I'm glad that she was an alien who fucked him up, because they, the, they get on the fucking space shuttle to go to Ryza or whatever the fuck, yeah. and he like starts whining because he forgot his floss and his special floss, and he's just like fussing, and I'm like, oh my god, shut the fuck up, dude. Yeah, I can't and, imagine. And there are very few times when I feel like he writes... Ed's annoying stuff in a way that's like self-aware at all mm. so I can't help but think that Seth MacFarlane is a fucking nightmare to go on a trip with well this is interesting because this episode was written by Andre Bormanis and not Seth Ooh. so I'm wondering okay. if maybe it's someone that's hung out with Seth and just like <laughs> threw in something that Seth does oh I would love to be a writer just like putting in subtle pokes at it sets uh, bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, it's always kind of unclear how much awareness there is that, like, this character is, like, not a likable person. Although this is actually one thing that I will say that I liked about an episode of The Orville. Okay. Um, the fact that he gives uh, Michaela McManus back to her people at the end, I was like, that's that's nice. It's like, you know, making a real overture towards peace even though it's established within the show that the planetary union would be mad at him. Uh, so it's like the first time that I think we've seen him, or maybe like the second or something time, that we've seen him do something captain-y that is actually like un unorthodox and requires like an actual moral stance. That's a good point. So anyway, uh, because wasn't, there's... Wasn't the first time when he just blew an entire planet up though? Isn't this like, <laughs> isn't this an overture of peace towards someone who he like genocided an entire planet of yeah i mean okay yeah just checking yeah just going back and forth on whether genocide okay. is good or bad just learning it's growing uh speaking of uh people being genocided and what lives are counted as lives and what are not um the orc people 
There's never any attempt to like make any kind of peace with them. Uh, it's no. just kind of established. Like, yeah, they're, they're barbarians. They're savages. Uh, they're orcs. Yeah, we can talk to the krill, but uh, you know, zug, not zug. the orcs. It's what? I said zug zug, which is a video game joke. What is the, the video game? World of Warcraft or the Warcraft universe generally. Okay. And the orcs say zug zug? They do. Huh. Does it mean anything? It means that they're going to go work on something. It's like whenever you, uh, in like an RTS, which is what like Warcraft 3 is, whenever you, um, that means real time strategy. Okay. When you point like units to go do something. And so you send the the orc to go do something and it says zug zug or it says more work. Huh. All right. How often would you do you ever say zug zug when you're off to work on something? Um, only when I'm talking to my best friend in the world, Titus. Okay. In which case, we both say zug zug. Very good. Because we speak our own form of gamer language. Sure. <laughs> of course. <laughs> this language that is so alien to me. Oh, so the Malloy thing. Uh, uh, I, where I, he does a roar. How do you say Rorschach? Oh, yes, he right? does. Yes, which actually the Rorschach test is another really good example of the writers not wanting to write anything. Oh, it's because he won't say what anything is. Right. He like looks at all of these like shapes and he's like, ah, oh, gross, that's disgusting. Um, yeah. But it's just like this like slapsticky shouting of like, that's gross and like not what he's actually seeing. I said Malloy does a psyche eval and he's a dumbass moron. Yeah. Uh, the other fun thing about that particular scene is Claire Finn is apparently ship psychiatrist as well. Yes. She's just, she's got many, many duties. Yeah. Anything Marriage counselor, doctor. psychiatrist, yeah. whatever the fuck. Whatever yeah. the fuck you need. Yeah. The thing that I found super interesting about the Malloy subplot is that we are meant to understand that he comes to an understanding with Kelly because Kelly's like, Malloy, it seems like you're only doing this uh, command program because you want to pick up chicks by being a commander. And that's yes. not the reason that you should do it. In season one, Kelly pretty much says the exact opposite to Lamar when she encourages him to become the chief engineer, when she's like, we no longer have money in the Orville universe. Instead, we have status, and everyone tries to get really good status, uh, which is exactly what Malloy was doing uh, until <laughs> Kelly was like, you shouldn't do that. I, th- I mean, it's not like I expect consistency. So no, whatever. no, yeah. In fact, consistency would disappoint me because it would give us less to talk about. <laughs> that it would. Mostly, I'm impressed that you remember details like that for so long because, as I've said before, I immediately forget the plot of every episode 20 minutes after we record. Can we move on to Star Trek now? Sure. <laughs> I hate the Orville. We can okay. go back to the do Orville you, always. Do, we don't have to do that. Uh, do we want to do, do we want to do, uh, let's, so there are four shorts, at mm-hmm. least that's how many I watched. Um so I thought a fun thing to do would be to go back and forth and do a one-sentence summary of each of the episodes. Okay. So just a, just a, a single paragraph to summarize all of the all of the, the things. So, all right. Uh, do you want to go first? Sure. Uh, assign this me one. Runaway. Okay. Oh, we can just go in order. Okay. So you can do Runaway. Runaway. Um, one a... sentence. Okay. 
a space chameleon goes on to the Discovery, where she befriends Tilly and reveals that she is actually the genius princess of a planet that mines dilithium crystals. That was very accurate. Thank you. Here's... Okay. So the second one is Calypso, which I will do. Sure. Uh, Here's my summary. Star Trek addresses the two eternal questions. Does banging a hologram count as cheating? Mm. And are computers people? Yeah. Perfect summary. Thank you. All right. Uh, Is the next one the Saru one? Yes. Okay. Uh, Saru learns that becoming a foodstuff is not all it's cracked up to be when he reaches out to a warp capable civilization and gets the hell out of dodge good uh so the final one is the harry mudd episode the escape artist and the one sentence summary is if i had any money i'd be sipping jippers on a beach somewhere yes all right (laughs) excellent uh what was your favorite of the four um i think i Can I have some overall observations yeah, first? Go, Actually, go, go, go. hold on. I'll, I'll try to answer this question. Let me think okay. about it. I think, like, it's hard because, like, 75% of the escape artist was really shitty. Mm. And then the last 25% made me laugh really hard. Yeah. And so that was probably, like, my favorite part. Yeah. But I think in terms of, like, the th- I think in terms of the episodes overall like as an experience the first one was probably the best Hmm. to me i see okay yeah what about you well i think the saru one was my favorite because i generally just like saru you like saru i like saru and i like the whole backstory of the planet which i assume we're going to get more of in discovery because they seem to be foreshadowing that quite a bit um so yeah, I I enjoyed the whole, you know, Saru doesn't It was pretty become... relaxed. Like it was it was a decent like Star Trek piece of information. It was yeah. a decent Star Trek experience. Yeah. And you know, I think one of the things that I really liked about it that Discovery one of the flaws, one of the many flaws of Discovery is that it tries to move so fast and doesn't have a lot of like we were talking about how the, you, one of the constant complaints that you have mentioned is that there are no good filler episodes. Yes, I noted that these are the containment zone for the entertaining parts of Star Trek. Yes, indeed. Uh, Yeah, so this is all a lot of filler, and it was great. Like, the Saru thing was great. Uh, The problem is that they're really short. Like, when they say short, it's like the longest one was like 15 minutes of content. Yeah. And that was Runaway, and... All of these were things that I would want to see an entire episode about. Like, I don't want 15 minutes of Saru backstory. There was so much missing. Yeah. Like, just make that an episode. Yeah, yeah. And, like, the one with where the, the the princess runs away, like, that was so fucking good. Like, that was so close to just being a whole ass episode of Star Trek. Yeah. And they just, like, I don't, I don't like having a containment zone. I want it interspersed. In the storytelling experience. Yeah. Right? Yeah, like, these could have easily all been a full episode. Yeah, and, like, I don't know. Like, I actually liked all of them, um, except for the first three quarters of the Harry Mud one before it got... F- so the reason that the first... Because I didn't actually summarize the plot. The the plot of the fourth one is that Harry Mud gets captured by an alien who's mad that he stole something from him, and he's going to turn him into... Uh, 
he's going to turn him into the Federation for a bounty. Um, so he gets to the Federation. And, and, and the reason that it sucks is that there are all of these, like, really weird, long, like, memory sequences that, like, Harry just kind of disappears into. Um, and then when they get to the Federation, it turns out that that's not actually Harry Mudd. It's actually, like, an android clone of Harry Mudd. Hmm. And um, they open the door... And there's like 15 more clones of Harry Mudd, and they're all repeating uh, the line that he used earlier, which was, if I had any money, I'd be sipping jippers on a beach somewhere. Yes. Uh, and it's actually like really fun, like slapsticky funny. And then additionally, it turns out that Harry Mudd is on a ship uh, run completely by clones of himself, which is extremely in line with Harry Mudd. Yes. And Rain Wilson does a really good job. Yes. So that is, I. I would watch like I would watch an entire episode of that. It should be an entire episode. Yes. Well, especially because like, you know, the first like part of the of this episode until the big reveal that Harry yeah. Mudd was actually the like the mastermind of it. If I mean if it's only 15 minutes long, then you've got like 45 minutes of Harry Mudd being like devious and rascally, which I feel like has been one of the highlights of Discovery so far. Like the first season when they had that like time jump Harry Mud episode. That was great. Also, this uh, escape artist also had orcs. Oh, yes, that's right. It had space orcs and space overalls. Zug, Zug. Amazing. Zug, Zug this week. Mm, My gosh. Episode title, Zug, Zug. (laughs) The Saru episode, like... Again, if it were like a traditional Star Trek episode, we would have had so much more backstory about how things got the way they were, where they were like sacrificing people and like who like why his dad was who he was, where his mom is. She probably got sacrificed. Like it just felt like it felt like it was spliced from a full episode. And it was just really strange. Yeah, we presumably will have more Saru backstory in a future Discovery episode because I think they are. I think there was like an on, on an upcoming episode of Discovery, they were teasing oh, that nice. it's going to go back to his planet. But I haven't yet watched any Discovery from this season. Okay. So I think next episode it'll be. Uh, do we want to keep with two episodes each? Uh sure. Of the Orville. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think we can do two episodes of each. I think like Discovery too. Sure, we can do that. Right. Uh yeah, we could do two Orville and two Discovery next time. Yeah. Uh, um, so one funny thing, hmm. I'm just jumping between shorts now, no. but I don't really care. Um, I liked the alien who was a hot girl with a septum piercing and spikes in her back. That's one thing. Um, I was very attracted to the alien from the first one. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The chameleon alien lady. Yeah, the chameleon alien. Yes. Uh, the second one, which was does banging a hologram count as cheating? Uh, so the actual plot is that a guy wakes up from an escape pod and it turns out he's alone on a ship mm-hmm. and the ship has been there for a thousand years. So it's like a lady ship that has gained consciousness and she's kind of falling in love with him and stuff. Um, and, uh, they go on like a fake date because her favorite movie is funny face with mm-hmm. Audrey Hepburn and, uh, what's his name? Help no, me out. Gene Fred Kelly. Astaire. Fred Ke- Astaire. Uh, Fred Astaire. Um and uh there's a there's a scene of them um dan- dancing toward the end, I think. Uh-huh. Uh and um he learns the dance and he gets all dressed up in a nice suit and dances with a hologram lady, uh, who is the ship. 
Um, that same <laughs> funky face is also used in the Gilmore Girls. Wow. So, <laughs> I was like losing my shit because it's the exact same scene <gasps> that they use in the Gilmore Girls. Oh my gosh. So maybe this is some kind of crossover and like the space soldier is actually Luke in the far future. (laughs) And it's after he's closed down the diner and become a troop. And changed races? Yeah. Well, he's been recast. There was like a real weird moment in the first part of this episode where he wakes up like naked and the camera spends way too much time. And I'm like, do we really need to? So the guy's black and I'm like, do we really need to like have a moment of objectifying this dude before like we get to the rest of the episode? So I actually really didn't like that. Yeah, Um, he is extremely cut and the camera just like lingered on that for quite some time. He is in fact too jacked for the clothes that the ship has. Yes. They have to make him some especially. Indeed. Uh, yeah. Rocky Horror Picture Show, but Star Trek is what I wrote there. Yeah. My notes are really good. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, I didn't take any notes for the Discovery one, so I'm sure that uh, you're going to be carrying us for this. Ah, uh, yeah. I'm trying to remember if there's anything else that like jumped out at me. The first episode is Tilly, which you like. I like Tilly. I was kind of like, I felt like the first episode. I don't know. It's like doing stuff with Tilly that I'm like less enthused by now. Um, the writing wasn't very good. Like a lot of her lines were really forced, and yeah. she didn't really seem to enjoy del- delivering them. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like I feel like the first one was kind of like rushed and weird. Um, yeah, and it was just kind of like it didn't give Tilly. I, I think one of the things that I find really interesting about Tilly and really fun about Tilly is how she does not know what she's doing and is kind of like awkward and nervous. Um, which I think you really need to actually give her room to breathe to like yeah so the viewer can be as uncomfortable as she clearly is Um, yeah but you can't do that in 15 minutes right yeah so there's just like a lot of like her chattering and being like being a little bit gilmore girlsy if you will yeah uh, where it's just like but if you had like a full episode you would see all kinds of diplomatic conversations with her and like the princess's country and then like dilithium crystals are a huge fucking deal so maybe we would like not just you know rush past that yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. We found out Tilly likes coffee. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, she got an espresso. That's a that's a character point. And her mom tells her not to drink so much coffee. Yeah, I was curious about. They didn't show the mom's face, even though mm. she's having a hologram conversation with the mom. And so there's. I'm like... so sorry. My upstairs neighbors are vacuuming, and I think you can probably hear it on the oh, recording. Oh, I was wondering what that like. There was like a low hum, and I was like. It sounded like the wind blowing through some cavern. It's a vacuum. It's a vacuum. And I can't make them stop, and I'm sorry if it interrupts the recording. That's fine. Uh, it's the vacuum of space. <laughs> no, it's not. It's just a vacuum. <laughs> it's the vacuum of a living space. Uh, it, there's all kinds of camera tricks around Tilly and the hologram mom at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Um, so they were clearly trying to not show the mom's face, so I think probably what's going to happen is that they're hoping to get Tilly's actual mom in to the series later. Gotcha. They're holding I I would imagine that they're holding out hope. Yeah, that like they can actually cast someone really spectacular as the mom. And they well, didn't they are just like... directly above me, huh? Sorry. Yeah, yeah so they they, they don't want to lock themselves into some random person. Right. I think they're kind of hoping that like they can get whatever the 2019 equivalent of Majel Barrett is. She's dead, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, she is. Okay. My question is, if if uh, the hot alien is going to be the queen, why can't she do whatever the fuck she wants with her dilithium crystals? Yeah, unclear. It also seemed like a little bit, like, strangely wish fulfillment where it was like, she's like a princess and also like the greatest genius of the society. Like... I don't know. The character kind of seemed to like come out of nowhere to be like the most like cool, perfect friend for Tilly that there could be, and then just disappear. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they'll bring her back for another episode, and I'll feel like she's more fleshed out then. I would like that. I li- I don't think they'll bring her back, but I would like it if they did. Plus, her name was Poe, which made me think about uh, the song "Angry Johnny." Oh yeah. Um, By really the House of Leaves sister. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we just reached the extent of my Poe knowledge. <laughs> Do you have anything else about Poe that you'd like to add? No, that's okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> have you read House of Leaves? I have a tattoo based on House of Leaves. Really? I do. My gosh, what is it? I have a whole arm piece. It is pieces of a house that are fading away, getting sucked into a book. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Golly. It's like my entire left arm. Oh my gosh. When did you get that? Uh, like five years ago. Golly. Yeah. I read it when I was um, living in Philly and I was measuring my apartment because I was like trying to figure out how much space was in there. Um, and I measured wrong and the inside of one room was like bigger than the outside around it. Um would suggest Ooh. that it would have been and i got real freaked out by that i uh my tattoo policy is that whenever i make a major move i get a tattoo based on whatever was my favorite like or most motivational piece of media at that time huh. so i went to um i went to grad school and my favorite book at the time was house of leaves so i got a house of leaves tattoo uh-huh. um Whenever I moved for my PhD, I had a different favorite book, so I got a different book tattoo. What was the other the book? The problem is uh, House of Leaves by Salvador Placencia. Okay. Um, the problem is I moved to Los Angeles because of League of Legends. Yes. And I still haven't worked out how to get a League of Legends tattoo that doesn't make me hate myself. Sure. When I'm 50. So. <laughs> you know what I think you should do? What? Uh, because the League of Legends job also coincides with your podcasting job. Oh, no. Uh, you could just get a big picture of Ed Mercer's face, uh, like on a bicep. And then oh, that way, bicep. every time you flex, it'll be like he's smiling. Because the whole face will get squintier. Maybe I'll just get your face, Greg. <laughs> That'd be also great. <laughs> I don't think anyone else has a tattoo of my face, so you would probably be the first. You can't be sure. Yeah. That's true. I guess I can't be. Uh, who knows? There's probably, there's, you know what? There's probably fans of the podcast who've gotten my face tattooed on them. Like Anyone who wants to get anything to do with me and or uh, Greg tattooed, please get in touch. We yeah. will give you a boost from our 100 follower Twitter account. Too. Sure. Yeah. If you want to get like Greg on one set of knuckles and Jocelyn on the other. Yeah, that'll fit. Yeah. Well, it depends how many people. If you have enough knuckles to get Jocelyn, yeah. <laughs> uh, please reach out. Yeah. It could be what? J C. If you go only consonants. You probably go J O C E, which is the nickname people give me that I don't like. Ah. Does anyone ever uh, call you Slyn for the second half of the name? 
No. Okay. Sometimes people ask Lynn, but I've never heard Slynn before. Ah. It's not, I had a friend in high school who's named Ashley, but she was really, uh, she was like alternative, so she didn't want to be like blonde Ashley. Mm. So she called herself Schlee. Oh. I could have been Slynn to go with Schlee. Um, so I was wondering, do you want to discuss your favorite angry tweets that we've gotten Oh, since we last recorded? Because we've gotten like a bunch. Golly, sure. Let me um, pull up the account. Uh, the oh. other day I tweeted about Star Trek um, and I tweeted about getting mad at a recent episode of Discovery, which I did. So there's okay. a, a foreshadowing of uh, future Discovery combo. Um and someone was like, you know, if Star Trek is making you mad, there's this other show that you might like called The Orville. <laughs> and I did not respond to that tweet because it was clearly mentioned like a spirit of helpfulness. But I was like, oh, no, it was like someone who doesn't follow me. So, like, obviously, they didn't even know that, like, this is a dude who is madder than I could possibly imagine about The Orville. Um, but the same thing happened, I don't know if I told you this, uh, at a party recently, like somewhat recently when we were doing like season one. Mm -hmm. uh my friend colin runs he owns a game shop uh here mm -hmm. in louisville and uh i was talking to him about discovery and i was like oh you know it has like i don't know it's like got its ups and downs and he was like well you know what i've heard i've not actually seen it myself but there's apparently this show called the orville and i was like are you fucking with me and he was like what no and i was like are you fucking like are you seriously fucking with me and he was like no what what are you talking about um and it turns out he was not fucking with me and did not know in fact that i had a podcast all about the orville uh, but i guess dudes who came into his game shop like other nerds uh were talking about how great the orville was so those are my two non uh our twitter account uh orville inputs i'm so sorry that's okay uh so my favorite one is uh from Wayne, who said, I commend the amount of effort you put into shitting on something, but I hope you're self-aware enough to realize it doesn't make you creators. <laughs> right. That and was a good one. I just want to understand what he means by not being a creator, because I feel like on this scale of how edgy people are online to get people to do their stuff, um, we're like pretty in the middle, actually. Like, there are so many influencers on like YouTube and Twitch and stuff who are just like angry at literally everything. Yeah. And so I found this tweet like especially puzzling. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, we are. I know I've said this before. I, it sounds like I'm bragging, but I really feel that I'm like one of the most knowledgeable people about the Orville that exists in this world. <laughs> like, Okay, wait, wait, we can do it now. Okay. Weird flex, but okay. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, it's like the weirdest of all possible fucking flexes, uh, because I hate this show. But like, I think that we're pretty, I think that we're pretty, um, we're giving it a shot. Oh, this is my favorite, actually. The response that we okay. got from this person, uh, Goblin Jimberly, <laughs> <laughs> said, and this is one that, I did not respond to because it felt like kicking a dog. Uh, but it was the tweet was, this is maybe one of the saddest Twitter accounts I've ever seen. Just preaching to nobody about how you don't like a TV show. And I was like, buddy, I'm ready to get into it. And then I checked this account and he has one follower. And I was like, well, I'm not going to get into, I guess, whether we're preaching to nobody or not. 
uh, because this guy is clearly literally not talking to anyone. Um, so we did have a couple of people uh, ask if we're going to do a Deep Space Nine horny bracket. Um, I'm here to say yes, we are. Oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. And we will. We will. We are and we will. Yeah. We and I will. Uh, I will set that up uh, <gasps> soonish. I think I will make the spreadsheet. I will go through my encyclopedic knowledge of Deep Space Nine episodes. Yes. I will. I will do it. The thing that I'm most excited about about the DS Nine horny bracket mm-hmm. is that it's a really good excuse for me to go back and watch more Deep Space Nine. I know, right? Yeah. <sighs> uh, I've watched recently a bunch of episodes of Next Generation for an article that i wrote about next generation Mm -hmm. and i was amazed to discover that it is really good i think i've mentioned before one time like i was like like randomly like took on like turned on one episode um and it's i i'm very amazed by the fact that like it's actually it's actually good it's actually like it holds up because um, I think of it as being like partly like a nostalgia thing for me, and I think because so much of our podcast is complaining, I'm like very quick to say like, "Here's a stupid thing that Star Trek does. Uh, it's it's ridiculous." Um, but golly, golly, I sure like that show. Yeah, Star Trek's a good show. It's a great show. Time. Yeah, it has it has some shitty moments. It but, sure does, and it has plot holes and uh, some parts are very really corny. But it's just it's a pleasure to watch. It really is. Uh, even if you go in in a bad mood, it cheers you up. Whereas yeah. in the Orville, if you go in in a bad mood, it just makes you hate yourself even more. Yeah. If you go into it with a good mood, it's it quickly dissipates. Yeah, it was like yeah. I would like watch like the part of an episode for just like, okay, when does Worf and Troy kiss for the first time? Is it in this episode? And then I would just like keep on watching the whole episode because it sucks me in. I miss those days. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited. The horny about bracket it. will give us the excuse that we need. Heck yeah! To enjoy ourselves. Yes. Let's see. Was there anything else that I wanted to get back to before we go? Oh, Yafit is shuffles back. Shuffles notes frantically. Yeah. What? Yafit's back. Uh, in the Yafit is back. I noted this as well, but yeah. luckily he was only back for one scene and yeah. almost no talking. Indeed. So. Yes. Uh. No weird passes at Doctor Finn. Yeah. Uh. Just Alara can, in theory, bicep curl four plates, which is 405 pounds, okay. which is my uh, my Rain Man toothpick-like obsession. Every time I see someone lifting on screen, I have to figure okay. out exactly how much weight is on their bar. I tried to see if... So Ed's command code was Alpha Charlie 27 Gamma 42 Delta 6. I, I also wrote this down. Out, I tried to figure out if it was a reference to anything because I assumed it would be a really stupid reference, but I couldn't find anything. Yeah, I also could not think of anything, but maybe we will. I have to assume it's his Twitter password, so I'm going to go try it. (gasps) That's a great idea. And if there are listeners who are hearing us, uh, if you've got ideas about what that could be, uh, Alpha Charlie 27 Gamma 42 Delta 6. So if, if anyone thinks of something let us know i was hoping that if i turned the calculator upside down it would say boobs but it doesn't so Mm. i'm out of ideas yeah (laughs) that's the extent of my coding knowledge (laughs) oh two i guess i'm now on the lookout for what seth mcfarlane likes to eat uh he was impressed by the krill lady because she made him a grilled cheese sandwich okay Um, we know he likes peanut butter and jelly as well that's right um and on their date they were eating uh popcorn and drinking scotch 
um, which I was saddened by because that actually sounds like a really delightful movie night to me. <laughs> and I was upset well, that I have that in common with Seth MacFarlane that I would also send him like a letter. to be. Yeah, maybe if he wants to watch Taxi Driver with a new date. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of my predictions is true. Uh, he dated the Krill, Michaela McManus in the episode. However, the other one so far has not been proven to be true, where which okay. is that they date in real life. Okay. So we'll see if that happens. Which they may not because of the whole curl thing. Right. It kind of puts a damper on it. Yeah. We can make it more general and say he goes, he starts, someone else appears in the show that he is dating in real life. Okay. We can say that. You know. I'm, I'm I think still we can be generous. I am kind of holding out hope for Michaela McManus just because I'm like reasonably certain she's married and that mm-hmm. would cause a tremendous mess um, that would be fun to watch. <laughs> That's very cruel. What? Actually, <laughs> not used to that level of cruelty. Well, well then I like we'll it. take that back. <laughs> no, you better we'll leave that in, buddy. <laughs> okay, that might be that might be all of the major things that I've got. Yeah, you're being. I hear you being summoned. Yeah, Caliban is is hungry for food. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your Monday night when you had a guest. Yeah, uh, and absolutely. Neighbors. I'll let him out of prison now. Yes, indeed. All right, and we can do next two episodes and the first two of Discovery next time we chat. Hooray! Hooray! And I will start putting together Deep Space Nine shit. Yes. All right. All right. You have a pleasant evening. Hey, you too, buddy. All right. Bye. Bye. Steals like a thief, but she's always a woman to me.